This podcast is brought to you by Laterno University. Laterno University is the Christian polytechnic university in the nation where educators engage students to nurture Christian virtue, develop competency and ingenuity in their professional fields, integrate faith and work, and serve the local and global community. Laterno offers more than 140 undergraduate and graduate degree programs across a range of disciplines and delivery models at Laterno's residential campus in Longview, Texas, and in hybrid and fully online options at centers in the Dallas and Houston areas. Online at letu.edu. That's letu.edu. Hey there, it's producer Michael Miracle here. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. We are your on-air resource as a workplace believer. And check out our website for tons more I Work For Him resources. We've got blogs and podcasts and reading material and all sorts of fun stuff there. Plus, a link to listen to the live show several times a day. Yep, head to the website. That's IWorkForHim.com. IWorkTheNumberForHim.com. And the listen tab's up there on the top left. Click that, then click the live link, and you can listen to us live every weekday. That's IWorkForHim.com. I work the number for him.com. And now let's go ahead and kick off what we all came here for, hearing more about connecting what we learn on Sunday with what we do in our nine to five. This is the I Work For Him podcast. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him this afternoon. Just know that we've been praying for you, that the show today would impact you like it's impacted me. But however you're listening, make sure you check us out on iWorkForHim.com. Check out all that's going on, the events that we've got, places we're sitting, but also you get access to all the shows that we've recorded, iWorkTheNumberForHim.com, and on Facebook, iWorkForHim. And it, especially when we're out there on the road, it's fun to follow us and see the people that we're talking to. There's always pictures of our guests, and of course, there's always links to the previous day's shows out there on Facebook. A shout out to all of our stations all over Florida and Georgia. Thank you for tuning in and also all of our friends on iHeartRadio and on the podcast that listen from around the world. Just know that we'd love to hear from you. If you have access to a phone, in most parts of the, the world, you can do that, but 800 numbers only work in the States. Love to hear from you on our listener line, 866-713-9675, 866-713-WORK. All right, so we're going back to a topic you've heard us talk about many times before. That's transformational leadership. Transformational leadership is a study. It's a program. It's a workshop. It's transformational. That's the best way I can put it. If you've got an organization, if you any type, whether it's a business, a church, whether it's a community group, how about your household? If you want to truly have your world turned right side up, and be able to incorporate the most powerful principles and truths of our planet, you really just need to go out and experience transformational leadership. Check it out online, transformlead.com. That's transformlead.com. Or you can also check out tlondemand.com, tlondemand.com. All right, we're going to take, you know, Ford Taylor is the, he's the leader of transformational leadership. But what he's arranged is for many people to share their transformational leadership story today. First half of the show, we're going to be talking with Brian Kaiser. He's the president of Vernovis, and I'll let him tell you what Vernovis is all about. But he's from Mason, Ohio, and we're sitting here in Cincinnati, Ohio, and we're glad to be able to talk to you. Brian Kaiser, thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you, Jim. Pleasure. Talk to me first. Before we get into whole, the whole transformational leadership thing, how did you come to be a follower of Jesus? Oh, geez. Well, um, Grew up in a family that uh, we did the Christmas and Easter thing. We knew something was there, um, but um, uh, anytime we try to recommit to that, uh, 
we we would go and and for some reason um the church we went to um it just didn't didn't do it for us so we we were pretty infrequent visitors um but uh we knew we knew we wanted something in our life so um uh, grew up uh, in a great family um and um but but didn't really go to church very often and went to college and kind of did the college thing uh the normal college thing the sex drugs and rock and roll and uh, uh, kind of got lost a little bit along the way and found myself really in some depressed and suicidal type of situations um, because I was putting on a facade. Uh, ex- uh, externally, I, uh, everything looked great. I was the captain of my college basketball team, um, drove the shiny Cadillac, had a condo overlooking the city. Uh, on the outside, you would say, wow, this guy's got his, his stuff together, uh, getting promoted multiple times and moving around uh, the state of Ohio for certain jobs. But um, honestly, uh, I was very broken internally. I was missing something. Uh, I was trying to perform. I was trying to uh, get approval from other people, um, and and really what I was uh, what I was seeking, uh, what I learned later was um, I was looking for God's approval. I was looking for the Lord, and um, there's uh, there's only one person I need to get approval from, and that's from Him. And and so I found myself. I remember three or four distinct times on my knees in my twenties, and uh, um, feeling really confused and lost and unsure of uh of where my life was going and each time when i was at the end of my rope god was there and god was there in in the the package of a person that was holding their hand out and saying let me tell you about this guy named jesus and so i i first gave my life to jesus in my early 20s at a basketball camp cool uh over the summer um it, it was a Christian basketball camp at Middletown Christian uh, uh, High School, and it was a co- it was four college players. So there was a lot of great players from Dayton and Cincinnati, and and um, it was pretty cool. And, and a guy came in uh, from Kentucky University of Kentucky and told his testimony. And right there, I gave my my life to the Lord and started uh, reading the Bible every day. And I did that for six months, and my life got a lot better. And then I said, I don't need this anymore. My life's better. So I did that cycle three or four times in my 20s where I was all in for the Lord and then I kind of slipped away, just kind of faded away. Uh, When I was 28, I hit rock bottom again and I said, God, this is my last time. I said, I am all in. I'm giving the rest of my life, the days that you give me, to you. And I did that when I was 28 years old. So talk to me then. You know, so you had a basketball career, obviously, uh, in, in college. Talk to me what the Lord, how, well, you, Vernovis, you're the president of Vernovis, but how did the Lord get you there? Yeah. So, uh, as I said, when I was growing up, I didn't really know the Lord, but I believed there was a God. And when I was a kid, I just always had these promptings that I was going to start a business someday. And I just kind of dismissed them because I didn't know the Lord, Um but years later, I realized that was God talking to me. Um, my parents are healthcare people, nurses. Uh, my dad's a professor. There was no business people in my family. So to get a prompting frequently in my teenage years about starting a company, I look back now and realize that was God. 
He was, he was planting a seed in me hmm. and preparing me. And then when I got into the real world, I, I'll call it, I was an accountant and uh, I worked at a CPA firm for three years. And uh, the cool thing about that experience was I got to meet a lot of business owners. And I remember gaining confidence in meeting these CEOs and business owners and thinking, wow, these are just normal people that care and they want to do good in the world and they have a great product and they're building a company. And that gave me some more confidence. Um, I left that company and, and went to a different industry, um, which, which I'm in now. Um, what which, industry is that? So I'm in the uh, staffing and consulting industry and specialize in finance, accounting, and IT and cybersecurity. So we provide resources to companies, people, uh, to get critical projects completed in the finance, IT, and cybersecurity space. So we do CFO work, we do CIO work, uh, we do infrastructure projects, ERP projects. Uh, we help middle market companies with cybersecurity because it's expensive and they don't know what to do with it. Mm. And it's it's a pretty um, it's a pretty big deal right now. Uh, cybersecurity people are getting hacked all Company, the time. Companies are getting hacked all the time. So that's a space that we play in as well. And how long have you, have you has Vernovis existed? So uh, started the company nine and a half years ago. Okay, uh, I'm, not, I'm not counting, but it's still very uh, vivid for me because uh, it, it was a leap of faith. Uh, God was calling me to do this um, since I was a kid, since I was a teenager, and quite honestly, it was very uncomfortable. Um, I was, well, if it's not uncomfortable, then it's not from God. That's true. He doesn't <laughs> care about our comfort. That's right. He cares about our character. And he asked me to get out of corporate America. I worked for a $5 billion publicly traded company. Uh, I learned the business there, but, uh, what I learned was, um, you know, publicly traded company is all about the numbers. It's all about profit. It's all about, uh, revenue. And every month, we were expected to continue to grow the business. And it was all about the transactional side of things. And where I learned from transformational leadership is there's a relational component. And I feel God is very relational. He wants us to build relationships. So here I am in a business helping to put people into jobs at companies. And it was so transactional. The people were commodities. And it didn't feel like, like as, cattle almost. That's right. That's right. And it was all about how many people did you talk to this week and how many meetings did you have and how many resumes did you send? And it wasn't about, hey, how many relationships, quality relationships did you build this this week? Hmm. Um, it's so amazing that those big companies don't realize that. But we're going to come back and talk about that. All right. We're talking with Brian Kaiser, the president of Vernovis. You can check them out online and what Vernovis is all about. Vernovis.com. Talk to me, Brian. Are you guys doing business uh, is Vernovis all over the country or just in Ohio? We're, we're an Ohio-based company right okay. now. We have offices in Cincinnati and Columbus. Okay. Uh, but uh, we generally uh, service companies in this, this area. Okay. Yep. All right. So let's talk about you, you mentioned something. I want to go back to it for a second. Before we start talking about transformational leadership, you mentioned that the publicly traded companies are all about the money, that, that it was always an expectation that every month you're going to increase. Now that you know what you know about transformational leadership, how, how cool would it be if you could go back to a company, a publicly traded company, and show them these tools? Do you think you can actually turn a publicly traded company to be more about the people and still get them the income that they need? Mm, that's tough. I, I, I would think you could. Um, 
but it's it has to start at the top. Sure. It, it has to start at the CEO. And that's where I finally kept running my head into the wall was I was trying to build a culture that honored God and that modeled how Jesus did it. And I continued to have resistance in this company because I wasn't at the top. I was I was in, the, right middle. in the middle. Right. And uh and so much so uh I had a boss that said Hey, um, so-and-so is a troubled employee, and you need, you need to bring her in the office, and you need to tell her th- how bad she is, and you need to back her in a corner, and you need to put your foot on her throat. Now, she didn't mean that yeah. physically, but she, she basically wanted me to undress this girl in front of her. And I said, I'm not going to do that. I said, she is a troubled employee, but I believe that we need to honor her and tell her that she, she's not doing some things that we, we need to do it in a way that that honors God. Right. And she goes, well, who do you think you are, Jesus? And that's when I realized that I could not make a dent in a culture that has been permeating for years. Right. Unless I was at the top. And that, that was another thing that kind of gave me confidence it was time to move on. So at what point in time did, did transformational leadership intersect your life? So uh, God was prompting me to leave this big company, and, and I was scared to death, and it took me two years to do it, uh, to, to gain the, the courage. Well, so you did the old Moses thing. God, I'm not quite sure I'm ready for this. That's uh, right. I think you probably got the wrong guy. That's yeah. right. That's right. Are you sure it's me? And he allowed me to make that choice, and I got really sick, Jim. I, I lost 40 pounds during those two years. <laughs> yeah. Disobedience caused you to lose 40 pounds. That's right. He gave me the free will to say no. Uh, but he finally lost 40 pounds, and my wife said, this job isn't worth, there's no money worth your health. And that was really good wisdom. And that was finally the time that I decided to, to, to leave. And I, did not, I couldn't just leave and start a company. They were litigious. Sure. They came after me. Yeah, non-competes, are, that's, what they, that's why they have you right. sign them when you start the job. You got it. And they accused me of many things that wasn't true in order to get me tied up in a legal battle. And it worked. Um, and they also were doing that to scare the people who were still on the boat. They didn't, Hey, do you see what they did to Brian when he, when he left? So I finally get through all that. I had to sit out a year. Um, I went 18 months without an income and I had no idea how to start a company at a healthcare family. Where do I go? How do I do this? And by the way, on the outside, people were thought I was crazy, but I knew God wanted me to do this. <laughs> and so I kept saying, God, you got to show me you got to show me how am I supposed to start a business and implement biblical principles and do it in a way to honor you. In, insert Ford Taylor. A month after I prayed that prayer, I said, God, you got to show me how to do this. I was introduced. Someone said, do you know Ford Taylor? Do you know transformational leadership? And I said, I have, I've never heard of that. A month after that, someone introduced me at an event to Ford. A month after that, I went to my first transformational leadership training. And it was a three-day training at the time. And it was a big commitment. Um, but the first 10 minutes that I was there, I know that this is what God wanted me to see and build our company. The foundation of our company is transformational leadership. That's where our culture comes from. Hmm. Okay. So... That first time that you went to transformational leadership, what did you expect get, to get out of it versus what did you actually walk away with? <laughs> well, when you hear leadership, I, I was expecting this grandiose leadership program that was going to make me a better leader. How do you manage 
multiple people? How do you, um, you know, how do you motivate people, all this stuff? And I, I was actually blown away because what Ford teaches is how to be transactional, which is how you grow profit and grow a business, but also how to be relational, which has God's DNA. And he made a word up about that. He did, and he calls it relational. He, he morphed the two together. And uh, he, he believes, he teaches, that there's two types of people in this world. There's people that are more relational, uh, and there's people that are more transactional. And when you put them in the same room together, they often annoy each other. So imagine hundreds of people showing up to work or dozens of people or three people and you all have different personalities, you all have different types of styles and you're probably annoying each other. So it really spoke to me because it's very true. And he teaches tools for the transactional people to become more relational and the relational people to become more transactional so that you can work more effectively together. Hmm. All right. So you've, did you take this before you started Vernovis? Three months after I started so Vernovis. So three months after you started yep, it. Okay. So you had these tools right at the groundbreaking of your company. I did. So let, let's transition then into the impact of transformational leadership. By the way, listeners, if you want to find out how you can get transformational leadership involved in your organization, check it out online at transformlead.com. That's transformlead.com. And you can find out about Ford Taylor and his team of facilitators all across the world presenting transformational leadership to small companies, big companies, small organizations, big organizations, cities, counties, states, and national governments. I mean, this stuff is, is permeating uh, societies all over the globe. All right. So transformational leadership, how has it impacted Vernovis? Oh, how many employees do you have today? So we have 80, about 80 employees. And they're just all in two cities. They're in two cities. Okay. Um, we, uh, so when I went to the training the first time, I've been about 10 times. Okay. Uh, because it's, it's one of these things. It's kind of like the Bible. You can't read it enough. And every time you read it, you find something new. What do you mean? It's kind of like the Bible. Isn't it all really from the Bible? That's, that's true. It, it, every principle that he teaches is biblical. Um, oftentimes, he'll do it in a plain glass type of uh, um, uh, teaching, which, you know, depending on who the audience is, uh, he'll teach the principles. The principles work. Um, so, so I've been to it about 10 times. We send all of our employees to the training. Uh, the very first thing that we did was we set up a social covenant uh, for our staff, and this was pivotal. So we got everyone in a room, and we said, uh, we, we asked two questions. How do we want to treat one another when we work together? Okay, that's the easy one, right? And people say stuff like respect and love and grace and no gossip, and you know they throw all this stuff out there. And then we say, the tougher question is, when someone violates that, what's the process to resolve the conflict? Hmm. Because we say when someone violates that, because it's going to be, it's going to happen, right? Okay, and uh, so we we did those two things, and and uh, Ford has been doing this for a long time. He says when people do this, secular and non secular, they always come up with the same process, and it models Matthew eighteen. Isn't that interesting? Every time. So our resolution process is well, if you have a if you have a conflict with somebody, if they violated the contract. Go to them one-on-one. And guess what? 95% of the time, the issue gets resolved. I have 
Bob comes to me and says, hey, I have an issue with Sally. The first thing I say to them is, have you talked to Sally? And I'm going to give you 24 hours to talk to Sally about that. And if you don't, then I'm going to bring it up. It's a great management tool. I mean, talk about reducing the amount of time I have to manage people and babysit people. It manages itself. So, I mean, it's... That's the social covenant which Ford talks about, and, and really, it's just an agreement how people are going to treat each other. Mm-hmm. And, and again, it's an honoring process of how people are going to treat each other, whether it's managers to employee or employees to managers. And, and so, here's a question for you. You know, we're not quite done with what we need to talk about. Are you willing to stick around for another segment of the show? Sure, All absolutely. Right, so, talk to me about the impact of the social covenant when you've seen conflict really quick. Does it work? It works a thousand percent. What about if you tick off one of your employees and they have to come to you? Does Absolutely. it happen? It does, and it has happened. And um, as as much as we believe in transformational leadership, I'm still a broken dude. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm still I'm still trying to figure it out. And my business partner is as well. So we're fifty fifty partners. Uh, last August, we hired transformational leadership to come in because we had some issues that we couldn't figure out. It was bigger than us. And so we hired him and said, hey, will you come fix what's going on? And guess what? We, we were excited to think, to, what, what are they going to find out? We were the constraints, the owners. The owners were the constraints. So we got in front of the entire staff. We called everybody in. We have people in New Jersey and in Cleveland and in Columbus. Almost 10 years old as a company, you were struggling. I, most of the time that means that you were flatlining. You weren't mm-hmm. growing where you wanted to grow. You're trying to figure out what's going on, don't know how to move it forward. And so you just brought in somebody from the outside that could see the forest for the trees, so you brought in transformational leadership. Which is kind of ironic because I started the company, and in three months – I, I went to the training and I said, this is what I want to build the company on, is this these principles, are these principles, God's principles. And we went 10 years. The first eight years, we grew 50% each year, which is amazing. We landed on the Inc. 5000 list. We made it to the Fast 55 list. We got a, a lot of accolades that I give God all the glory for. But I don't believe there, that that's ironic. I, I think that was a coincidence of us being obedient and implementing these tools. So we found ourselves, uh, I have a business partner, and uh, last year we had our first flat year. And when you have a flat year after... Last year. Last, last year. year last year. year when everything is growing at 30% uh, and 40%, last year you had a flat year. We had a flat year. And that was hard. Um, it put a lot of stress on my business partner and I. We started pointing fingers. Uh, we weren't using the tools at that time. Uh, we weren't following the social covenant. Uh, at least with each other. The, so we hired transformational leadership. They came in. They interviewed our entire staff. And after they did some discovery, um, they, need, they met with me. And they said, uh, hey, Brian, can you sit down, please? Um, they said, are you the type of guy that can start a company and let someone else run it? And talk about a tough question because I, I felt led to start this company. And it was my baby. And they're asking me if I'm willing to let go. Wow. And I sat there for, it felt like an eternity. In silence, praying, thinking about the question. I said, well, I can tell you two things. God told me to start this company. And God told me to do it in a way that honors him. Those are the two things that he told me to do. Without a shadow of a doubt. So if you're saying that I need to let go, then I suppose I'm okay. And he goes, good. Because if your answer was no, <clears throat> we're going to um, 
we're going to end our consulting assignment right now. Hmm. That, that's <clears throat> wow. a tough one. So he was, they were sitting down with you. They weren't sitting down with your partner. That's right. They started with me. Okay. Transformational leadership teaches an organization cannot go beyond the constraints of the leaders. Guess who the constraint was? When your company flatlines, right. guess who likely the constraint is? So it was first me because, and they said, good, glad, glad you're open to that because your business partner is really good at running businesses. You're really good. You're a rainmaker. We need to get you in that lane and your gifting as soon as possible. And we need to get your business partner in his lane. You guys are stepping on each other's toes. You're a two-headed monster. <laughs> and and so that's hard. So you should have been doing sales and he should have been doing operations. Yeah, absolutely. And what did you have him doing sales and you were doing operations? It, we were we were doing both. Okay. Because imagine when we were in the trenches nine years ago, we did everything. Sure, you had to do the, you had to clean the, company, the toilets. That's right. So as the company kept growing, right? <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you know, we kept trying to do the same thing that we were doing eight years ago, hmm. and, and yeah. eventually. And you have eighty people. So yeah. you you mentioned that you had these conversations with. They went out and interviewed your people. You said Ohio, but you also said New Jersey. So do you got some contract people in New Jersey, or actual employees in New Jersey? We have a we have an employee in, uh, in New Jersey um, who we've known for years, and she just happens to live there, and she works remotely. Uh, so. so talk about the impact on your organization when you realized. You were part of the issue. Okay, you might have been the main issue. You weren't doing the job you were really called to do, and you were keeping your business partner, your 50-50 business partner, from doing the job that he was really qualified to do. How has that made an impact? You're, you're, we're only into the, you know, we're in the second the second quarter of the year. How's that made a difference already this year? Uh, it's unbelievable. So we, we had that discovery in August. We addressed the entire staff, so we flew everyone in, and we had we had a big staff meeting in September, and we apologized to them, which is another tool that we learned at Transformational Leadership. We did a six-step apology to our staff, and we humbled ourselves, and we confessed our sins, per se, of the things that we knew that we were doing that was holding us back, and it was annoying the staff. Our, our, our surveys, our staff surveys were, you know, employee engagement was really low. Uh, and people were frustrated. People were leaving, um, and mm. we said we got to fix it. Well, you start losing good people. Oh. That's that's terrible. It, it was tough. And and the second constraint was Jason and I's relationship. Uh, we had built up so much stress and bitterness towards one another, pointing pointing fingers at each other that that needed healed too. So once they got me in the right lane, they got Jason in the right lane. The next thing they spent the next six months on Jason and I's relationship and healing that, uh, which was helpful. This this year, um, the first quarter, we don't have the final numbers, but we've been told that we had our best quarter ever. Hmm. Um, That's so I, quite a turnaround. I believe once we remove the constraints, me and my business partner and I's relationship, once we started removing constraints, things started freeing up and God started working and flowing through the business again. So do you, I mean, how many of your employees came to you and gave you feedback on that was powerful, I'm ready to work again? Um, many of them came to us afterwards, sometimes in private, I think many times in private and said, I can't believe that you guys just did that. And because you did that, that's why I want to stay. You guys don't act like you have all the answers like most other business owners. Sure. And when you need help, you call upon help. And not only, I was just talking to a guy yesterday that works for us. He said, the reason I stayed, he goes, I was ready to walk out the door. I had another offer. 
But the reason I stayed is because you guys apologized. He goes, I've never seen that before. How sad is that? That's unbelievable. So you've got these 80 employees. They're all over Iowa. You've got a few of them spread out as well in other states. Do your employees know that your faith is what drives that motivation to treat them as valued people? That's, that's a good question because it, it's, it's a really fine line. It's a really fine line. I've, I Why learned, is it a fine line? Because you're, you're a privately owned company. You can live mm-hmm. your faith out, and there's, there's no constraints to that. You can. You can, but um, I learned early. Uh, I used to have scripture on my website. I used to have scripture on my marketing material. I was very uh, overt about being mm-hmm. a Christian. Sure. And what happened was all the Christians in the community said, oh, wow, this is great. Someone finally in this industry that's doing it for God and doing it the right way. It built, built my head, uh, my head got big. And then I scheduled a meeting with a client one time and she called me back the next day and she goes, Hey, I'm canceling your meeting. I said, can I ask you why? She goes, I went to your website and I see all that scripture on there. She goes, I don't believe in that. And I remember being crushed and I have a council of people Ford being one of them. And I went to them and I said, Hey, what do you think about this? Is this what, what, the Bible talks about being a martyr and, you know, people are going to resist, you know, Christians. And he said, well, did God ask you to put scripture on your website? And I said, no, he didn't. He said, aren't those the very people that God wants you to love on? So if you're doing anything that's pushing them away, you need to stop that. So I immediately removed, I still have, if you go to our website, you'll see a lot of Christian underlings in there, Sure, but I'm not posting scripture like psalm 32 says this you know which i used to and i think that was a good learning preach the gospel but if necessary use words that's how i go about it in the business world do you get questioned though because of the excellence that you demonstrate both with with your employees and that transparency and vulnerability with your employees do your do your employees do your managers do the people that report to you do they ask you questions Brian, what motivates you? I would think everyone in our company knows that I'm a Christian. I don't push it on them, though. I don't slap the Bible around. Biblical principles from transformational leadership, whether they realize they're biblical or not, our company... Everybody's gone through it. Everyone's gone through it. So you get a new employee, you sign them up to go to the next one available. Within six months, they go. That's right. Wow. And what do you get for feedback? When when your employees go, what what do they come back and say, boss, hey... Uh, most of them say that was the best thing I've ever went to. Uh, some of them say, wow, that was heavy. I've never unpacked anything in my, my life like that before. Um, because really they, they just pull out a lot of things that you struggle with. They give you tools to overcome things that you struggle with. And, um, all of them are grateful and thankful to go. Um, and we still talk about it every day because we, we now have a common language. Sure. We're talking about six-step apology. I'll go, hey, we messed up with this client. Everyone come in my office, and I'll have a, a full office, and I'll call a client on speakerphone and do a six-step six apology and say, hey, we really messed this up. How can we, how can we fix it? Talk to so, me about how this has impacted you personally. You're a married guy? I'm married. I have three daughters. Okay. Um, how, is this, how has transformational leadership impacted your marriage? Big time. Um, after the first training I went to, I went home and I did the six-step apology to my wife. And I think um, it was on like the third step of the, the apology that she actually turned around and started looking at me because it felt different to her. Um, I, I have an issue with yelling and um, 
my my temper can be easily tripped, and uh, that's something I've, that God's been working on me. And that particular night, we got in an argument, and I yelled at her, and I did the six-step apology. I said, uh, "Aaron, you know what? Um, I know I yell. I don't like it, and I know it's wrong, and I'm sorry. Will you forgive me?" And I sat there and I waited, and that's when she turned around and was like, "What is this?" <laughs> <laughs> and she said, of course, I'll forgive you. And I said, will you, will you uh, help hold me accountable to not do that? I want to fix that. That is something I'm not proud of. And she said, yes. I go, you need to help me. And I said, is there anything else? That's the sixth step. Sure. And, of course, she had a laundry list of stuff that we unpacked. But I, I would say that um, it immediately impacted my marriage. We've developed a social covenant for our family. That's hanging up in our house. Um, it's a picture of our family. And here's our social covenant. This is how we're going to treat each other. And when that doesn't occur, this is how we're going to resolve it. Mm-hmm. We teach our kids this. We model it for our kids. When Kelly comes to me and says, Caroline's not letting me do this, I say, hey, have you talked to Caroline about that? No. And they go back and they resolve it. Um, it's pretty cool. It's, 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 been, it's been transformational for me. First of all, for me. Secondly, for my family, and third, for the business. Brian Kaiser, president of Vernovas. Thanks for sharing your transformational leadership experience. Thanks, Brian. You're welcome. Thank you. We've got Grant Shookman with us, and he's a facilitator for transform, transformational leadership. He's attended. How many times have you attended, Grant? Uh, this is my third live event. Your third live event, yet you're actually using this material as you mentor and disciple others. Absolutely. All right, so why don't you tell just a little bit of your story? How did you come to be a Christ follower? Um, well, I was actually born and raised in the church, okay. um, and I was baptized. Like probably, the front pew in the sanctuary or what? Oh, uh, well, no, just uh, going to church with my parents. So okay. wherever we were sat. Uh, in the, I was just being funny because you said you were born in the church. So. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> well, um, I may have actually been since my mother went to um, Cincinnati Christian University back then, Cincinnati Bible School, um, before I was born, So, um, which is actually where um, my wife's uh, mother and her were roommates. So my w- current wife and I met before we were born. Wow. Fantastic. Um, so again, we may have actually been born and, and raised in the church. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> um, so, uh, no, but I, I was baptized around the age of, 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 13, but I'll say that I came to know Jesus personally, uh, probably as a high schooler. That's when it clicked and the, and the personal relationship started. So then how did you get exposed to transformational leadership? Uh, you know, as um, uh, it, it was within the past uh, three years, it was three years ago, pretty much this month that I met Ford and I was working on a vision, uh, an idea that, that God had put on my heart. And someone said, hey, have you met Ford Taylor? He's there in Cincinnati um, and he would be interested to hear what you have to say. And I said, no, I've never met him. Um, so I, and that was actually Oz Hillman. I was sure. on the phone with uh, Marketplace Ministries and uh, out of Atlanta. And so uh, he's... Oz said, hey, Ford's on my board. Let me introduce you. Um, Literally within a matter of of weeks, Ford and I sat down to have breakfast, and I shared with him a vision that was on my heart. And um, Which was what? Uh, well, that vision was a little bit different. It's it's part of a bigger picture. Okay. It was actually about helping um, uh, Christians uh, or building a platform uh, 
to help them discover their purpose okay. and using uh, tools, ideas, and technologies that actually, to this day, I still haven't seen used. Uh, and so in that conversation with Ford, I was actually coming to him uh, to ask if he would contribute content. I had only done research up until this point. And I didn't feel like it was appropriate to reinvent the wheel. And so I wanted to share with him my vision and ask if he'd be willing to contribute content. Um, his response was, I would like you to come to TL. And so he invited me uh, to the live event as his guest. Hmm, so that's how cool. I met him. So you're, you've got an organization, OneEarthSolution.org. What is that all about? So One Earth Solution um, is we, we help men um, experience a deeper connection in marriage. Um, that's We do two initiatives. That's the first one. And the second one is, is that we help leaders understand how to get um, more engagement uh, from, from their audience and how to have a deeper and wider impact in, in the delivery of what they're doing. So helping leaders get more engagement and impact in their organizations. Is that right? That's right. Okay, so I want to make sure I, I stated it right. All right, oneearthsolution.org. Okay, so you got exposed to, tra- well, the first time you went to transformational leadership, everybody goes with an expectation. What was your expectation versus what did you walk away with? Well, uh, great question, and I, I didn't have an expectation. Um, I've learned that when um, I'm directed by God just many times just to sit back and listen, something I picked up from Ford was um, never surprised but always amazed. And um, I'll tell you, when I, I sat through the first day, it was a two-day event, um, I met with Ford. He was gracious enough to sit down with me for almost 30 to 45 minutes before day two. And it was in that moment that for the first time, something inside of me clicked. Um, some would say it's the Holy Spirit. Um, others may, may call it something else. But I heard something say, you can follow this man. I was 35 years old, and it's the first time in my life I ever heard that. Um, and so that was, that was my big takeaway is that for the first time, um, I saw something that I had the ability or call it freedom to follow or to invest in. And transformational leadership is like that. What it's, it, it is transformational. So talk to me, what was the biggest, the biggest takeaway, the biggest thing that you learned that first time you went through TL that has impacted you personally? Um, well, the, I tie it back to the page or the, the material that talks about how we, we most learn. And, and, you know, you st- if, some, if somebody tells you something, you'll forget. If somebody teaches you something, you might remember. But if they show you how to do something, um, you're, you're going to be able to understand it. And the teaching is if we understand it, then you can own it. If you can own it, you can live it. And if you can live it, you can teach, train, and equip others. And we know that the learning style that's the most effective is teaching. When you teach something, uh, you retain yourself 100% of the information, most likely. So at that time... Um, I decided based on the quality of what it was that was in front of me, I'm going to learn how to teach this. And so that's what led me into my journey to becoming a certified facilitator. And that's, and I'm still on that journey into working towards becoming a, a stand-up trainer. Hmm. Okay. So talk to me about how transformational leadership has impacted you personally. What, what was the, what was the biggest thing? Are you a married guy or a single guy? I'm married. Okay. So what was the, what was the biggest thing your wife said after you went through transformational leadership that first time? What was the biggest thing she noticed different about Grant Shookman? You know, she actually said something before I met Ford. Uh, uh, she, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a visionary. I have a lot of ideas. Um, when I told her who I wanted to meet, she said, you need to meet that guy. Um, and it, it, it really wasn't a, about what she said after the, the, the initial 
event. It was about what she started to see and say a few months later, because where it really had the impact on me was personal transformation. And we miss so often, Jim, that it starts with personal transformation. And then once we take the time to understand who we are, our strengths, our purposes, and our abilities, it's only then that we have the ability to really understand who someone else is. And so um, as a man and as a father, once I began to understand my own strengths and then uh, use the framework of transformational leadership to deliver those um, in my marriage, um, she began to understand um, that I was a changed person. Hmm. Fantastic. Now, you, with your organization, OneEarthSolution.org, you said you're training up men to be greater men in marriage, hopefully to you know facilitate what Ephesians 5 talks about, husbands love your wives like Christ loved the church, but also leaders to be better engaged, to help get better engagement within their organization. How have you seen transformational leadership impact your community, the organizations that you feed into? Well, I'd like to pose a couple questions um, leading up to um, what you're saying. The first question is, is if I indeed experience personal transformation um, according to truth and principles, uh, do you think that had an impact on my marriage? Um, If I'm able to better understand myself and understand her and there's an impact on my marriage, how do you think that that would impact my family? Um, as my family begins to experience transformation, this is this is the question I really try to help people understand is the connection between what I call personal mastery and professional mastery. If as an individual in my marriage and my family have been transformed, how do you think that that's going to impact my professional performance? Well, everything that goes on at home impacts everything about us that we're doing outside of our home. Oh, 100%. Um, and this is the big thing that I learned is that the tools... Um, that are effective in personal relationships and having a deep and meaningful connection in my personal life are the exact same tools that you use in business and organizational growth. And that's when the light bulb went off. Like what? Give me one of those tools. What, what, what are you referencing? Um, well, uh, the, one of the most common ones that, that, I, that I use regularly are affirmations, how to speak into someone's life, uh, making it about them and not about flattery. And, and, and that be it. Um, not following it because I need something from them. Just regularly speaking into um, uh, somebody's life who's had a meaningful impact. My wife, my child, coworker, um, even a friend, uh, minister at church. Uh, a second one would be the six-step apology. You ask someone, how do you apologize? Most people don't have an answer for that um, or other than a one or two-liner. Uh, but when you realize um, that there are tools that really work together across a whole recipe full of tools, um, then all of a sudden you want to start stacking these tools in. And so I've given you two, but there's quite a few more. Talk to me about how this has impacted your family. How many, do you guys have kids? Two. You got two kids. How old are they now? I have two daughters, um, a five-year-old and an eight-year-old. How has transformational leadership, what was your wife's first name? Laurel. Laurel. We want to make sure we give her credit (laughs) because behind (laughs) every great man of God, there's always an incredible woman of God. How has this impacted Laurel and the two girls? Well, um, in TL, uh, we talk a lot about humility and, um, I would say that more than anything, TL gave me the the empowerment to bring forth the side of me that's humble because I just never knew how. Sure. And so uh, when you apologize uh, to an eight-year-old daughter and you ask for their forgiveness, it has a profound impact on them. They know that they're open to speak with you. Uh, when you say, um, honey, if, if you ever see me do this again, I'm giving you permission to let me know. 
what does that do to the openness between a child and their father and their communication? Um, so it's really difficult to really um, answer what you're saying uh, in, a, in a brief uh, statement. It's more so that you kind of need to paint the picture because I really can't say that what happens when she's 16 years old, 17 years old, 18 years old, and she needs something from me. I can't tell what kind of impact this is having now because I've taught her that it's okay to come to me. But you're going to find out soon. Grant Shookman, thanks for sharing just a little bit about how transformational leadership has impacted your life. Thank you, Grant. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. My workplace, it's my mission field, but ultimately, I work for him.